This Mike Leach edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store. This is Mike Leach, uh, head football coach at Mississippi State, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Welcome everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan, real tired Kramer. What's happening? Kramer dog. Wow. Just going to come out with the shots fired. Well, no, I, it, you're tired because you, you put the team on your back. You drafted for 24 hours. It was a Herculean feat. Um, if you missed it, uh, it's available on Twitch. If you want to catch up on the 24 <laughs> we, hours, we literally broke every other video streaming platform. Yes. Uh, joining us as well, Colby Dan, <laughs> aka the Dantabase. So shout out to Twitch for not being pussies. Yeah, Dude, there Twi- was a, there was a point. My girlfriend, you know, I, I put I had it on the big screen as I went to sleep. You know, put it in family room, kept the TV on. Just, and the lady heard my voice and was yes. like, mm, "What's going on out there?" <laughs> she goes in to get like a cup of water at four in the morning, and she goes. That's not live, is it? There's no way this guy's live, right? And I go, that's Ryan, sweetie. And I go, yeah, yeah, he's live. More, he's live. more importantly, there were some guys who were live with me all night yeah. long. So shout out to DJ Nation, really, uh, really helping Ryan cross the finish line. There, we put out hour one of the 24-hour stream <laughs> as a podcast in hour 24. So feel free to catch up I, on those. I was kind of disappointed. I expected Ryan to be drunk out of sorts. You are still, uh, I, I don't think I, you missed a beat between hour one my tuna. and hour 24. Yeah. Your brain food. I think just decades of going on craps runs and whatever your body has a mode it can switch into. And I, and I think I saw the switch at some point, the, the shades on indoor, the suit coat for no reason that you were in Vegas mode where your body goes. Listen, I'm just going to be gambling for 24 hours straight. I'm not going to be sleeping. Your body knows how to handle that. I think that's the mode we saw you get I, in. I think the biggest, <laughs> honestly, the big, like it was helpful to have. So we have a tremendous, just to pull back the curtain, lots of foam in the studio yeah. that I think is still probably airing out months later. Uh, <laughs> and, and I do think it was helpful to have the door to the studio open through the night hours. But I will say the thing about Vegas mode, it clicks in when you don't see the outside. Yeah. When you realize your brain just needs to go into full time. I'm not a lazy, lazy fucker. Who's going to go to sleep right now. I'm going to stay awake. I'm going to power through and, and you know, it takes a little bit of blend, some MGs, a little bit of nicotine, uh, maybe Dial some caffeine. Uh, do we have official word if that's Guinness Book? If that's the world record? I just yeah. sent the email to Guinness Books. We'll see if they if they acknowledge it. My the funniest part to me was finally get out of draft in 24 hours. Kramer's up. He's walking around getting some food. Uh, this is like 45 minutes later, still trying to reorient himself to the into his non-draft prison. And I hear a dingo off. He pulls out his phone. He goes, oh, "I'm on the clock for this uh, FFPC slow draft." <laughs> We're right back into it. And, and I reached out to Jerry Glanville, who's known to do 24-hour things, and he no. said, "He said, you know, that was impressive, but now get in a race car. Yeah, All right? do it in a race do car. Do it in a race car." <laughs> I, I will say I would love I would love to see if anyone has uh, some speech some speech uh, comparisons from the first hour and the, the last hour. Hour twenty four, you you seem good to go, Ryan. Oh man, you know what that means? College football is back. That's right. Talking about the great Mike Leach here. And Just real quick, Sean, sorry to interrupt. Shout out to this song for helping me through the night. <laughs> yeah, this song will get you jacked up. 
get that, get those football energy. The juices are flowing. Best place to take some gambling juices over it. Oh, take them over to winbet.com. W Y N N B E T dot C O M. You want to get on, on the uh, Mississippi state over win total. Oh man. We got some, we got a uh, two more uh, guests early next week. Talking more college football. Colby's lost father will be joining the show as well. <laughs> and of course, Colby doing 130 college football previews, one for each team. More than 130. More than 130. <laughs> so many gambling opportunities. And you know what you do with gambling opportunities? You convert them into gambling winnings over at WinBet. W Y N N B E T dot C O M. Best part, get that $500 risk free bet. L F. Gee, oh man, it was a uh, it was a good interview, a great interview with uh, Mike Leach. He's always a fun uh, fun to talk to. Can't wait to get into it. Just got a shout out PropSwap.com, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. NBA championship heating up now. It's two two. Of course, I cashed my over five and a half uh, games in the series minus one seventy five. Kramer, you, I, and Moonoff all had the Bucks. Laying the four and a half, a uh, little lucky, little lucky there to actually cover the number. I I was sweating out my uh, the game will go into OT at plus fifteen hundred. Hit the over on Booker uh, points as well at twenty seven oh. and a half. We are uh, we are on fire as a podcast, and of course, if you go to propswap.com, maybe you took my advice of uh, getting that uh, Chris Paul MVP uh, NBA Finals MVP bet in and. The time to sell was after game two because now two losses in a row. That value is probably sinking, but maybe this is a good time to buy. I still think it's Chris Paul's uh, NBA Finals MVP to lose, and I think they do have a strong game five and game six. Still not going to avoid for game six, but again, that's the great thing about PropSwap.com. I don't even need to hit my Chris Paul Finals MVP bet to cash big. All I need to do is go up in value, and it went up in value. If I had that physical ticket, could have just been over at propswap.com, unloading it. And again, if that wasn't good enough, propswap.com, get a up to a $500 deposit bonus in bonus cash. Let's go, baby. Propswap.com. Joining us on the line, head football coach over at Mississippi State, Mike Leach. Mike, uh, how's how's your uh, off season been treating you? I saw you were doing a bit of traveling. Were you in Zanzibar? I was in Zanzibar. Uh, I was in Zanzibar, and I was uh, in Tanzania. Heck, uh, traveled all over. Went to Dubai too. Were you trying to find Bigfoot or what? <laughs> you know, uh, just to look at the critters out there. Really, you know. What was the uh, what was the craziest animal you came across? Well, we saw over forty lions, and we uh, we saw over forty lions. Saw a bunch of hippos. Saw a bunch of Cape buffalo. We saw a bunch of giraffes. We saw uh, a small crocodile. Uh, we saw two cheetahs. We saw a leopard. I mean, so I mean, just a crazy oh hundreds of hundreds of thousands. Of wildebeest, yeah, that seems like. The, of, yeah, those are obviously uh, they got a ton out there, and uh, yeah, I saw a video of you where it was a, uh, a hyena taking a taking apart a wildebeest, maybe or a buffalo. Uh, hyena was taking a part of the Cape buffalo. That was a funny story. Uh, you talk about the circle of life, so we're going down the road. Now we happen to be lucky enough to go past this three times and it was right by the road. Okay. So one evening about dusk, we're going past and all of a sudden you can see uh, a bunch of uh, buzzards, uh, you know, vultures or buzzards, whatever the distinction there is um, (laughs) around the tree. And I mean, just like in the movie jungle book, that's how those vultures are. Yeah. They're just like, that that uh, the movie Jungle Book, like just sitting there in the tree, and it's almost like they're carrying a, on a conversation with one another too. <laughs> you know, kind up there, of, hey, you gonna finish that? Yeah, exactly. So then, um, well, so then there's a Cape Buffalo beside the road that, and these vehicles, these safari vehicles, 
they look kind of like Land Rovers. They're not. Ours was a Toyota, actually. And um, the roof pops up so you can stand in there, you know. And, um, well, anyway, uh, there's a Cape Buffalo laying there. And, um, well, so something brought it down. I mean, it's obvious something brought it down. So we stopped. We're looking around, looking around, you know, what brought it down? Like, where is it? And the vultures are sitting there with a heavy interest in this thing. And so then, <laughs> keeping an eye on it. And then looking, and I mean, and I mean, not 20 feet away, like 20 feet away in the grass, blended in, you could barely see uh, two female lions. Oh man. Two female lions that had clearly just brought this thing down. Okay. And then, um, just sitting in the, in the brush there. And then of course the vehicles there and they kind of shuffle off a little further away. Okay. So then we come by it in the morning and a whole bunch of it is eaten. You know, there's kind of a vulture picking away at it, and <laughs> and a and a, a, a hyena tentatively working his way there. Okay, then we come back past it that evening, and I mean, it's just bones and a head. Oh man, it's just bones, bones and a head. You know, there's like three vultures and a and a hyena picking away. I mean. It was amazing how quick that thing got consumed, how fast it went. You know, you had at least three elements that I know of, you know, and obviously the worms are going to get it at some point, but you have the lions bring it down. Then it goes to the hyenas, then it goes to the vultures if they can stay out of harm's way, and then, uh, which they're pretty adept at. And then, um, and then off it goes. It was unbelievable. And then uh, saw an awful lot of uh, yeah. You got a firsthand impressive uh, stuff you don't get to see. Yeah, that's that was crazy. The circle I, life in, I in twenty four hours because everyone I've spoken to has done the trips over there. They always have that one moment where they feel a little bit too exposed. And the, were there any any times you felt exposed? And what animal was it that made you feel a little bit threatened? Well, we got awfully close to a lion. And we're, we're, you know, because it was beside the road. And uh, initially we didn't see much. Okay, so then there's a lion laying there, a male lion. And he's about 10 feet away. And he's staring at the vehicle. <laughs> and, and, and um, so I'd roll the window you know, up. The, <laughs> yeah, your wife was okay with this? Of, the top was. <laughs> The top is she wasn't there. The top oh. is kind of open. Oh man! Uh, the top is kind of open, and then I don't know. Somebody made a noise or clapped or something, <laughs> and you know that 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 lion looked like he was debating whether he's going to come forward or go backwards. You know? Yeah. What is so, what is what's the proper lion distance? I know I know we're supposed to give everyone uh, six feet, but how much do you give a lion <laughs> out there in the wilderness? Well, we we. We were in a vehicle, but it was fairly obvious to me that if that lion hit that window with his paw, that window was going to break and it was oh, going to yeah. come right through to me. And I was in the window closest to the lion. So, uh, <laughs> uh, well, we the other thing we stayed. Uh, it's hard to describe uh, where we stayed. Kind of, uh, we camped out. I mean, you almost see like those uh, tents and whatnot, Hemingway and those guys stayed in, but. Um, we didn't stay in a hotel when we were in the Serengeti. We stayed in, um, uh, you know, it's it, it, it glamping. It was definitely glamping, but there were tents. And, and, and now inside the tents were full-fledged beds and it's sort of a bathroom. I mean, it was sort of a bathroom. You had to give the guy notice if you were going to take a shower. So... Uh, he could heat the water up or whatever, but um, well, first of all, you didn't go to the tent without one of those guys with a light, a big light flashing around you, just a giant flashlight, and one of those attendants walking with you, okay? Because everything was in a tent, and uh, and they're thick tents, canvasy tents, but it was all in a tent, and um, and the guy. Uh, <clears throat> 
Um, but you'd come out the next day, and there'd be like uh, water buffalo or uh, Cape Buffalo tracks, and and you know where they'd taken a dump right on the path. It's like <laughs> feet from your tent. And then there's another. There's kind of a strange noise. It's sort of a high pitched strange noise. Well, which I'm kind of wondering what it was initially. Well, that turns out it's their lions. Their lions kind of snoring or some noise they make at night or some deal. And there were lions all around that place too. But yeah, uh, that's crazy anyway, too. You so just got that canvas tent uh, protecting you. Yeah, and it's and it's thicker than you'd think. And there's like two layers, but. Um, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's pretty exposed. And then, and it's not like it had windows, you know, and then they made it clear. No, you keep the sucker zipped shut. Yeah, you, know? you don't want anyone hopping in any uh, room guests in the middle of the night. No, no, they made, they made that pretty clear. So, well, um, yeah, sounds but, like a, sounds like an awesome trip. I know, uh, you know, obviously a bunch of big news in college football. One thing you've been a huge advocate for, of course, expanding the college football playoff, got it from four. And now it seems like they're eventually going to move to 12 teams. Uh, what, when do you, what do you think's the ideal number? Do you think they ever get to that number? Um, I think, yeah, well, I'd like to see 64. I think you have to have at least 16. I think it definitely makes it better. I think it makes it more exciting it's indisputable. It would generate more money. Um, you know, and I think the uncertainty is just who'd get the money and where it would go. Um, it wouldn't be very hard to do. Um, it would require some effort obviously, but, um, I think it'd be incredibly exciting. And, um, you know, 64 is not as hard to do as you think. I mean, you'd cut the regular season back to 10 games, but guarantee everybody, uh, guarantee everybody to uh, uh, two additional games. You know, everybody plays 12. I think you want, that's the target is everybody plays 12. And of course the champion and the runner up would play uh, 16 games, which is what um, major high school conferences and a lot of major States do as it is. So, you know, it's not, this isn't a unique and it's not something that other people aren't doing. Obviously the NFL uh, plays even more. So it goes, but, uh, and we'd find a true champion if there was an undefeated, like a UCF or, or certain other teams that have went undefeated and, and haven't had a chance to play for it. So, you well, you know, everybody could at least agree on the fact that if you made it through this conference, uh, whether somebody got a luckier break or that somebody or on some or whatever, but you made it through the gauntlet, you know, you deserve it in the championship, you know? So, yeah, I mean, we saw it uh, this year in the spring ball in FCS. They, they had a playoff, they executed it. The fans got to watch the games. You get a bracket. It, it just seems so obvious. And, and you know, cr- it took a crazy amount of work even to get to 12 you think they would kind of see, Hey, this works. We're going to keep expanding and, and the whole home game angle. Like that one, I, I think they're underselling like the home game environment. Like yeah. Imagine a game, you know, in uh, you know, Gainesville or a game in Starkville or, 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 you know, Wisconsin or something, this would be crazy that this would be what all college sports are about. Uh, were you shocked to see it? That, it, it that, would literally be like additional kind of game day, uh, college game day type environments. Yeah. A variety of schools and it would be awesome. So like, for example, another benefit it has, you know, there's a lot of people in this country long before I got to Washington state, um, you know, cause uh, Gonzaga's up there in Spokane. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of people in this country that one probably don't know uh, where Gonzaga is. And then two, <laughs> if they know that they don't know where Spokane is. Um, with that said, you know, you'll see people all over the country, Gonzaga fans, I have a Gonzaga shirt on or something. I'll say, Oh, so are you from Spokane or whatever? Or are you from Eastern Washington? Well, no, they, they're just huge Gonzaga fans. Cause they were thrilled watching them uh, play in the basketball tournament, you know? And um, so I think it creates a lot of exposure, a lot of excitement because 
you know, the thing with these playoffs and things, once your team goes down, oftentimes, you know, I think there's sometimes uh, people falsely think, all right, well, but once someone's team goes down, they're just not going to pay attention. I don't think that's the case. I mean, I think if it's stimulating and exciting, somebody jumps on another team, you know, and then that's their team or they get excited yeah, or about you... just watching it go and because there's a path where you advance and then, um, you know, the, the success is on the field rather than in uh, reporters uh, notebooks. However, they end up voting and, and stuff or <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, mean that's so, that's a, that's the great part about sports is that well, literally we settle it on the score. It's yeah. not as subjective; it's objective. This team had more points than that team. It's not up to some guy uh, tapping on his keyboard to say who is the number one ranked team. It's actually decided by who scores more points in a given amount of time. It's it's crazy that uh, you know it takes this much thinking to get to that. Obviously, the other huge thing in college football right now is the name, image, and likeness. Have you gotten a lot of uh, players asking your feedback on on sponsorship stuff? Like, how has the uh, how has the school been handling this so far? Uh, I haven't heard anything really yet, man. I think players and coaches are lo- alike are waiting to see how this thing unfolds and what happens, and whether uh, you know just where the dust settles, like what everybody's allowed to do, what they're not, because there'll be some adjustment on this. And there'll definitely be some adjustment, but I'm not going to, uh, in addition to coaching football and having football meetings, I'm not going to set up an employment agency or anything <laughs> like that. And, uh, I think in a lot of cases, there's going to be less money than people think. Um, you know, and also I don't think there's going to be, you know, it's not like a big, you know, you just have to be on the team. So they, you know, they want to race up and hand you money. I think, uh, you know, all of a sudden people are, you know, you're going to get these handlers involved, which is part of what's uh, had a hand in corrupting portions of basketball, uh, which I don't think is good. Uh, the thing is, is everybody says, well, you know, as soon as the NFL does anything, everybody thinks it's a brilliant idea. Uh, which it's only a, a, a sharp idea half the time. Half the time, it's a really dumb idea. If you don't believe me, that's why the NFL changes their mind on a lot of policies a lot of the time. Um, but, uh, you know, and then the other thing is that the NFL is a different entity than college anyway. So just because it's a good idea there doesn't mean it's a good idea in college. So basically, a lot of people want. Uh, you know, some of the beneficial things or the fun things that the NFL offers, like, you know, name image likeness and all this other thing without um, having some of the responsibility and the accountability. And that accountability would include, uh, you know, you're the top athlete in the country and you want to do the hat show. Okay, here's my five hats. Guess which one I'm going to (laughs) pick. Uh, no, no, pal. Yeah, there ain't, there aren't any, there aren't any five, five hats. Yeah, uh, Molly, Molly Pucks has first pick in the draft, and that's where you're going. And yeah. uh, and Molly Pucks is in, uh, uh, is up there in Mudslide, Pennsylvania. Uh, that's you know about uh, 50 miles uh, from the nearest Walmart, and that's where you're going to go. And uh, <laughs> And then, uh, or, you know, the, the, the whole, everybody gets excited about where the kids go into college and they, they, you know, they get, uh, get him a TV, a microwave to put in his dorm room and pull up and, and all of a sudden the guy comes out and says, Hey, uh, Hey, I got some bad news. Yeah. Uh, uh, we just traded you and, uh, and so uh, we just traded you. And uh, so, uh, yeah, you're going to play for San Jose or somebody this year. So In Alaska, you got to uh, pack up that, the microwave. That, <laughs> yeah. That car keep driving because yeah. we're going to need this room, uh, this room by tomorrow morning. And, 
Well, it, it, and everybody says you're professional, you're professional, you probably be professional. That's what that's what they do in minor league baseball. Oh yeah, I mean minor league Long baseball. They do trip. that. They do that to you in a heartbeat. And there's no, there's no. I'm playing for this team, not that team. There's no. Um, well, you know, uh, uh, everybody's kind of wiping the tears as a junior goes to embark on his college experience. <laughs> No, you're traded. Okay. You didn't have a good year. You're cut. You know, I mean, um, so the the more they go down this path, the more that uh, the responsibility accountability piece is going to come to bear. And, um, and I'm not sure that that's as uh, beneficial uh, in the end as as some people think, I think you gotta, you know, I think uh, uh, universities, uh, um, I'll tell you one idea. I was talking to a friend of mine, and I thought it was a great idea. And uh, and I'm sure there's a flaw or two that would have to be worked through. But why not? Uh, why not? If you sign with the university, you get say a uh, hundred and fifty thousand uh, uh, dollars, which you're going to receive when you graduate from that university. So. If you come to to a university um, and you graduate from that university, when you graduate, you get one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay. Well, what's good about that is one of encourages graduation because universities should educate uh, people and, and elevate uh, people's lives and their families' lives, and a, and a, uh, and a big portion of that's education. And and most of the student athletes I've dealt with, even ones that weren't real smart, uh, wanted to leave with a college degree. So this business, nobody cares about a college degree. That's categorically false. That's just something that, you know, uh, snobs that don't care for athletics like to throw around because maybe they're jealous or, you know, some athlete wasn't nice to them in high school or something. (laughs) They got put into a locker um, and holding a grudge for years. Or something, who knows? And then, or, or maybe they just felt like they should be in the newspaper, and that guy wasn't stuff. But, <laughs> um, the, so, um, uh, but you know, we should educate people. So it encourages you to educate people. Okay, now, and then the other thing is this transfer portal stuff. Okay, if you transfer, okay, that that hundred and fifty grand that doesn't go with you. Mm. Okay, now we hope you graduate. And that'd be wise for you, and it'd be wise for your family. But no, no, that signing bonus thing that's in escrow, that sticks with that university. If you sign, uh, uh, if you graduate from X universities, which means you'll typically be there four years in order to get it, uh, you'll get a degree, obviously. And then now, if you decide to transfer to another school, then um, you could do that, uh, but uh, you're you're not going to get uh, you don't get the initial uh, hundred fifty thousand dollars for sign and um, and then uh, so then people are less inclined to transfer. They're going to be more careful with their initial decisions and where they decide uh, to play, and so it's not going to be just a revolving door. Although you are free to transfer. And then, um, uh, and I think that there's a lot of benefit to it. And I'm not saying that uh, uh, that um, that uh, me and my friend uh, thought it out perfectly. <laughs> yeah, um, you were jotting some stuff down on a cocktail napkin. You almost got through. Well, it. I mean, I I I graduated college with less than 150 grand. It was actually a negative number going the other way. So I see the appeal of, of coming out and not only having the degree, but uh, well, you know, nice amount of change to start with coach hit on some key things. We, we were discussing this earlier in the office, but accountability is something that is be like slowly being forced to evaporate from society. And I think to your point, like it is, it would be nice to incentivize making a thoughtful, good decision. The first time, like, I agree. Like if you want to transfer, cause something happened or, or you, the situation changed cool. But as a college football fan, I, I think, I think most people are probably pro a name image, image and likeness. I think most people are probably pro playoff. I do think the transfer portal is something that is starting to irk people a little bit. Cause one of the benefits of college is that continuity kind of learning your team, following your recruits through the process. So 
I love the idea of incentivizing, making a, a good, correct decision the first time. However you enable that, right? Like the, the, the money in escrow is a great idea. I think just something to kind of give you a little bit more staying power to not just the second the coach tells you, you need to step up your game. You put your name in the transfer <laughs> portal because I would imagine, and maybe, this is, me. maybe this is a, co- a question for you coach, but it, it, like with the transfer portal being such, such a, a consumable thing, does it affect the way that you engage with your players? Uh, it doesn't me or it hasn't so far, but I'll tell you this. I mean, and I remember when I was 18 and a whole bunch of people, um, making decisions nowadays, I'm convinced that they have no memory of when they were 18. Uh, when I went to college, shoot, I was tempted to cut and run at least once a week, maybe yeah. every day. Yeah. And, um, you know, you know, oh, it's hard, you know, and then, uh, <laughs> And now I paid every dime of my school uh, too. So, uh, you know, break up with some girl, which who cares? Okay. But I did then. And then, um, it's the end of the uh, world. Uh, oh yeah. And then, uh, uh, you know, you just do the thing where, cause everybody's tempted to feel sorry for themselves. And so then, uh, but you know, I learned a lot of lessons and I think, um, became stronger, more competent, more resilient, uh, and uh, better at seeing things through and overcoming adversity by uh, having to persevere through by persevering through things. And so if it's just, if, if we became a, become a society that cuts and runs and, you know, we're, we're you know, we're not even going to have the persistence to fing- uh, finish a finger painting. I mean, we have to, um, you know, you have to grind through some stuff and, uh, and I think that is an important lesson and I think it's a valuable lesson. And I think that needs to be encouraged. And, um, uh, the thing with, uh, the, uh, and the other thing you got to be careful of with the name image and likeness stuff, like, you know, great players where football's the top priority, like Tom Brady. I don't remember Tom Brady doing any, uh, name image and likeness endorsed. Maybe he does, or at least later in his career. I don't remember Jerry Rice doing any, I mean, those guys were focused on football to my knowledge. And then, um, but I think that, uh, you know, you can't just have a deal where instead of buying indoors facilities or uh, libraries, the, the, the donations you're, you're buying uh, quarterbacks, corners and uh, running back type of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see it with pro athletes, right? Never forget the reason why people want to pay you money. You're good at a sport. So focus on that sport. And, and, and and if you're a university, like folk, Obviously, if you need to move some resources over, sure, but you're still a university. Yeah, and and I do think uh, getting lost is, is the employee-employer relationship that happens when you start actually getting money. And if you're a college kid, I, I know when I was in college, I certainly what shouldn't have been a brand ambassador. I didn't need to be the face of Nike or anything else. And so it, it, I think it comes with a ton of pressure. Uh, Coach, we've had you. I on don't th- think I don't think very many of these guys are gonna be. I yeah. think there's a bunch of guys that think they're gonna be, but they're not actually gonna be. No, no, <laughs> maybe maybe a local diner well, or something like that. I think that, that would be probably my level. <laughs> and I think what you're seeing is I think actually a lot of the resources might go to non-football players, non-basketball players who have large TikTok followings, yeah. have large Instagram followings. So yeah, it, it will certainly be interesting to see how the market normalizes and who is actually getting paid. And and coach, we I think there will did there will definitely be some of that. We've had you on uh, talking before about uh, Bigfoot and uh, if he played college football, what position? Defensive end, maybe quarterback on the other side. What if he was a college football athlete? We were having this conversation in the office, and he looked to license his name, image, and likeness. <laughs> what do you? What do you? What brands do you think would look to partner up <laughs> with the Sasquatch? Well, that, that, that jerky company, I yeah. think uh, yep. clearly Lay they up. would owe, they owe him, they owe him some money for that. <laughs> and then, uh, and probably he would, uh, you know, get some kind of a, uh, uh, some kind of a bonus for some of the stunts he has to do as they pick on uh Sasquatch. Right. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then, uh, and then that part of the country loves IPAs, which uh, I'm not big into that, but, uh, 
uh, Sasquatch would make a great IPA representative. Oh, I yeah. think <laughs> him enjoying and, a Sierra I, Nevada I, I, in the wilderness. I can see that. I think um, I think yeah, everything from some form of camping would be good because I think uh, Bigfoot um, camps a lot, and then also. Well, I could see kind of a, a spokesperson for nude sunbathing, oh. you know, um, <laughs> because uh, in fairness, he's done it for years, you know, and then uh, and imagine uh, imagine the, the pile of money that we'd get if all of a sudden uh, uh, he decided to shave his beard. Hang on a sec. Hey, good to see you. I go up to the 26. I'm on the radio though, so I gotta. But I'll be, I'll, I'll be around. All right, right Bubba. Right, <laughs> hey, your sailboat, same place, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, yeah, this guy. He actually used to kick at Georgia. Oh wow. Um, uh, and uh, and he's, he lives on his sailboat here. Oh, oh and, that sounds uh, like a, quite the life. Yeah, so he, he lives on his sailboat, so I see him sometimes. But uh, yeah, so uh, I think Sasquatch brings a lot. Like you know, I could see him having kind of a bidding war between him and the Artesians, and you know, I certainly would rather have Sasquatch as a beer representative over the Artesians. You see? Yeah, definitely. And, um, well, I think you were onto something with the shaving. He's yeah. known as grooming. a hairy guy, grooming. Well, because remember when Joe Namath had the leg commercial where <laughs> he says if you can shave my legs or whatever, and then I mean Sasquatch would bury that if he if he oh. shaved his leg. <laughs> yeah, you or, know? or Sasquatch get a Manscaped endorsement. They would. I mean that you see those ads all the time. I I think the college kids if they saw Sasquatch uh, grooming, they they'd be all over that. I think Naked and Afraid would be a, a show that he could. Oh, great, uh, great spinoff for some, him. <laughs> I, although, you know, although he's always naked and never afraid, he might he might break the show. <laughs> he, he might, maybe, maybe he just does guest appearances every so often when people are struggling. Yeah, he comes out and counsels <laughs> them in the woods. Yeah, I know you're scared right now, but don't worry, we can get you out of this. <laughs> Well, coach, uh, you know, getting back to the the game on the field, um, you know, what do you you brought in the air raid offense? Obviously, kind of behind the eight ball with the whole uh, COVID season, limited spring, limited uh, practice time. What's what's kind of the key to year two? Getting uh, getting the offense humming and and racking up some points here. What do you what do you think? What are you trying to focus on moving hey, into coach. year two? Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. How's it going? Good to see you guys. Uh, I think the biggest thing is keep doing what we're doing. We've got a, um, you know, we've got a lot of young guys. We're the youngest team in the BCS last year, and yeah. then, um, and so we have everybody back, and then we're excited about that. And then, you know, just good work ethic. Everybody working together, improving. I mean, because that's the part we can control and, and do the best we can uh, to steadily improve. Obviously, we have to have a good camp, and then. Uh, but everybody's really optimistic and really thrilled, uh, you know, to have the have the chance to go out there and compete this year. Yeah, and, and it'll feel certainly coming into the season like a real football season. Getting the fans in there, getting the cowbells uh, rolling at the quarterback spot. You had uh, Will Rogers come in halfway through the season, kind of taking over the job. Seems like maybe he's the the leader in the clubhouse, but you certainly brought in competition uh, via a couple transfers. What do you want to see out of Will in you know in training camp leading into the season to help him cement that job? Well, I thought Will did as well as a freshman as anybody in the nation, and you know, and the. If starting freshman was such a good idea at the quarterback position, everybody do it more often. <laughs> um, but you know, it worked. It, it worked out for us, and he got some really valuable experience. and And I think he improved as time went on. And he's a real hard worker, so I think that's beneficial to him. And then he he uh, 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 you know, he's good with the other players as far as elevating them in the locker room, that type of thing. And so, um, I, I do think he's going to be much improved, like significantly, significantly better. And, uh, and that's even with him playing pretty respectably last year. 
Uh, in particular, we got to get better on the offensive line, and I think we're taking steps to do that. And uh, part of it, getting older. You know, the best way for a freshman to improve is get older. And uh, so we've got a lot of that. And then, um, but now, you know, uh, looking forward to a good season, which uh, leading up to it, the more they go out there and throw and catch, the better we're going to be, too. Yeah getting those reps in as far as being in the sec, the fans expectations, obviously always high year after year, you had a, you had a great quote uh, about the fans and them wanting to see big results as soon as possible. Uh, You said, quote, it's like breakfast. The chicken is involved, but the pig is committed. Players and coaches are the pigs. I think I know what you're getting at there, but could you kind of expand on that quote? It's a, it's a great quote. Well, like, like, you know, like, uh, you know, chicken, chickens have a little skin in the game. They're going to lose an egg or two. Uh, you know, pigs are going to lose more than just an egg or two. And, uh, and it's a little more of a blood sport for the pigs. And that's kind of how it is with regard to coaches and players, as far as having real skin in the game. And so, uh, but you know, I mean, I don't. Nobody's complaining. I mean, it's exciting, and uh, and you know, I'm like, a, if there's some level of disappointment, somebody says, "Well, you know, I'm disappointed with this, that, or the other thing." Well, you're not as disappointed as your coach or a player is, you know. And uh, so, but the biggest thing is, is uh, the constant series of improvement and corrections, and that's kind of what you got to focus on. Yeah, just small every day, getting a little bit better, building the team, building the uh, building the culture around it. Uh, as far as uh, having having fans back in the stadium, what kind of impact do you expect it to have on the players? Because it's something obviously as a fan we missed out on, and it does seem like having the fans there has some impact. But what do you what do you expect the change to be as far as uh, the players playing in front of the fans? Well, I think they'll be tremendously excited. I mean, that's a huge part of it. The fans and the players, you know, and the energy and excitement that you have together and you create together. I mean, that's why everybody's so engaged in sports and that's why people can't get enough. And that's why it's all over the internet and all over the, uh, uh, you know, the TV and, uh, things like that. It's because, uh, you know, it makes everybody, it uplifts uh, people that are uh, down. It uplifts, uh, gives people something to celebrate together as they're happy. And then it, uh, uh, you know, it just unifies everybody. And I think everybody wants to be unified around something. And so then, um, then uh, but, you know, the excitement of bringing everybody together, that's, I think, kind of the root of the whole thing. And then, of course, there's different roles in it, whether you're a player or a coach or a fan or something like that. But, um, you know, anyway, I think that, uh, any portion that people share in it, uh, creates an amount of energy that's, uh, share, uh, that's enjoyed by the whole group, you know, coach, you coached in Finland in 1989. How are the fans there in Finland? Uh, well, they, not, not a lot of English speakers. Um, <laughs> They it finishes a tough language. It's one of the most difficult languages, and uh, doesn't translate as well to English as some. But um, I always felt like uh, you know there was about half didn't speak or understand English at all, and then uh, and then you know a portion could understand English but couldn't speak it, and then some like especially if they'd been exchange students or we're really good at picking things up on uh, videos. One guy who spoke pretty good English, his dad owned a video store and he'd watch movies all the time and learned a certain amount off of that. Um, Probably learns uh, all the Schwarzenegger catchphrases. I'll be back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he talked kind of like Schwarzenegger. It's interesting <laughs> to mention that his, uh, his accent was kind of like that. So then he, so then they, they, they had, uh, 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 so some could uh, understand and speak it, but not very many. Uh, there'd be about, uh, you know, it varied a couple hundred to maybe 3,000 in the stand. And, 
and you know they're thrilled and excited to be there, and they they yell "Uba Uba," which uh, <laughs> I, I mean I guess means uh, "Good go, keep doing it." Uh, Uba Uba. Well, well, and so then they'd say, like, if there was a question, like, uh, what or I or like what I don't understand right in here, they'd say Uba. Uba. So, so there were plenty of plays where they're yelling Uba Uba enthusiastically, <laughs> and I'm on the sideline going Uba. I didn't say it, but I'm thinking what? And then, um, but it was funny how close the distinction between the words were on that there, and then. Uh, they, uh, you know, they, they definitely have an enthusiasm towards football. Um, and then, uh, and they've always, uh, you know, maintained their league, their teams. I still hear from guys in Finland, you yeah. know, uh, uh, texts and Snapchat and stuff. And I was curious though, you coach what the Pori bears, how did, how, how, how'd they do that year? Uh, Pori bears. We stayed in the first division. Um, I got there a little late in the season. I'm trying to think. We're. Uh, it seems like we we're a game over 500, if I recall. Uh, that sounds. That sounds like a pretty solid <laughs> so record. They were for... losing ground, and they they do it like soccer. If you're if you're too low, you don't stay in the first league. They drop you out, and then they bump the two from the other league up. You see, and then um, dual relegation. Yep, and then. Uh, so we didn't move down. So they're pleased with that. And then, uh, and I coached a lot of defense there. They kind of had a sense of offense. One of their older players was a quarterback and I coached a certain amount of defense there. Of course we blitzed all the time. Uh, one of the <laughs> smartest things I did was, was, uh, well, everybody tried to run zone and I'm nothing wrong with zone and zones a good defense, but where you got a certain language barrier and a zone, something that's really got to be communicated. One of the best things I did was after the first game, I almost did it before the first game, just in practice, but after the first game, it's like, screw this. Uh, no, we're just playing man. Yeah, that's you easier know. to language uh, barrier. Uh, you guard this guy. Uh, See, follow yeah, him. All you got to do is, is point to him. <laughs> you point to him. That's your guy. Okay, and then, and so you know that's, and, and we actually won games because we were misaligned significantly less than our opponents. You know, <laughs> it's the simple things. All right, coach. Uh, well, appreciate you calling in. Always, always good to chat with you. One last uh, nugget here. And we, again, this is a story we were talking about in the office, but I feel like it didn't get enough attention. There was a story about a lobster diver. He got eaten by a whale and he survived. <laughs> how is this not, how has this not gotten more attention in the news cycle? That was pretty wild. I read that. I think I actually tweeted it. Too. Yeah, yeah, I saw um, that. The uh, and I guess the then I read another article, something about the digestion of that whale was going to spit you up anyway. So your chances of survival were higher than expected. Although, could you imagine getting swallowed? I mean. <laughs> Um, what, what would be running through your head on that? Oh no. I, yeah, you would, I, I guess I'd just be thinking of the uh, movie Pinocchio and I, hoping, hoping, you I get would be out. hoping my little three inch pocket knife could cut me out of this belly. That's what I would be. Thinking. I know that's what I was thinking too. get that dive knife. I'd get that dive knife and, and start slashing. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not playing the numbers on uh, getting spit out by that whale. <laughs> No, hell no. You <laughs> might have to cut a hole out of that whale. Um, Find your own way out. Yep. And then, uh, but uh, no, pretty wild. Yeah. And then it says it's happened a couple other times because I only knew about the time in the Bible, but yeah. in Pinocchio. And then, uh, and I guess part of me felt like that uh, Pinocchio plagiarized the Bible a little bit, but. Um, <laughs> Um, but I, I guess it happens from time to time. Yeah, I guess I was just shocked that it wasn't. It wasn't big. Whales are eating people and spitting them back up, and this isn't a common yeah, thing. Sharks are it, getting a bad name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, really, yeah, should be worried the about whale, the whales. At least uh, 
whales at least will spit you back out. I'm down all these sharks do. Yeah, they're well, not. They spit you out too. They just get the teeth first. They get the common decency. The, the the whales do, right? <laughs> all right. Well, coach, again, appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck with the season. Hopefully, we can uh, make it down there and catch a catch a game in person down in uh, Starkville. And uh, yeah, best of luck with the season and uh, appreciate the time. Well, thanks a lot, and appreciate your having me on. I enjoyed it. Yeah, always, always good to talk, Mike. Have a good one. All right, you too. This up. Oh man, so fun uh, talking to Coach Leach. Speaking of fun, if you didn't already get in on the Underdog Fantasy for your chance to win one million dollars, I don't know what you're doing. UnderdogFantasy.com promo code SGPN. I saw Underdog Fantasy. They tweeted out, uh, "What would you do with a million dollars?" And I was just thinking, how oh, that could you could convert that into what four thousand entries into Best Ballvania too? <laughs> like my odds, Kramer. What do you think? Max uh, entries is only one hundred and fifty. Oh, so. that's right. So sorry, I could I would max out at one hundred and fifty. I, I can tell you this: that uh, in the time since we started draft day, uh, the total entries went from under fifty three thousand. To over fifty four and a half thousand, so I, I want to. Oh I, I have to believe we had something to do with that. We, we definitely uh, put a big dent into that. Uh, again, a chance to win a million dollars and a great opportunity to warm up for a fantasy football draft in, in July doesn't get any better than that. Of course, make sure you check out the uh, SGPN app. I know a lot of people are bitching about Apple Podcasts. SGPN app, perfect place to listen to the podcast, catch up on the pods. I used to be an Apple Podcast guy, but now it's just, oh man, I don't know what the these eggheads they outthink themselves sometimes. It's working. You Why what, mess with it? You know what podcasts need? They need a beautiful web page. No, just oh. give me a play button. I I will say, Sean, we're gonna we we need to add uh, speed up in in the app. I'm a I'm a 1.5 guy. I know you think I'm a savage, but that, that is crazy to me. <laughs> Ryan's pet, Ryan's yeah. brain is operating on well, another level. You know what? You guys, C does that too. You guys yeah. also sleep, so maybe I maybe it's just a lazy guy thing. As, as we learned uh, from Ryan, sleep is for the weak. Stay up all night and drop a uh, drop a nice little uh, five star review on the SGPN app in the uh, App Store, Google Play Store. Send that in for your chance to win uh, free gear every Merch Monday. Raffling away some uh, free SGPN gear as we uh, transition from summer mode to football mode. Thank you for participating in I, the Sports Gambling Podcast. I'm just trying to have someone else 20 years from now be doing an interview and say, hey, that's this guy who used to do the college experience living on a boat. <laughs> that was a great line of this guy used to be a kicker for Georgia. Now he lives on a boat. Awesome line. Ray Finkel, right? Yeah. Why well, we should have had? Uh, Do we Mike, know where Ray Finkel went to college? We should have had Coach Leach hand the phone to that guy because I feel like that guy could probably do twenty minutes on uh, Bigfoot's NIL opportunities. All right, awesome time for the Sports Gaming Podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green, and he is Ryan. Holy crap! Colby was right. Ray Finkel <laughs> attended Stenson University. Kramer, let it ride.